What's up, everyone? This is Han, and you're listening to Han Talks First. And this is the podcast you're looking for. So, like I said last week, I have a guest with me today, a good friend of mine. Uh, Zach is here. How you doing, bud? Hey, Dad. How are you? I'm doing really well, actually. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before, but I had some drinks last night, and I should feel terrible, but I actually feel really, really good. Good. And, and maybe it just hasn't worn off yet. I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that, but mm-hmm. right now I'm good. I feel great and even better because we're about to talk about Star Wars. Oh, so before we jump about. into it, though, um, for anyone that's listening, why don't you tell them a little bit about you, what you do, why, what Star Wars means to you, and uh, we'll go from there. Mm, I'm a 54-year-old book salesman. Uh, I... <laughs> I'm 24. You look great for your age. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's the beard. Uh, I haven't grayed yet. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a book salesman and musician based out of Ventura County, uh, so just north of uh, the the grand city of Hollyweird, uh, where we are currently situated. And um, I have been a Star Wars geek since I was about four or five years old. I remember I would like jump in front of the screen with a fake lightsaber or whatever, like cylindrical and or like staff like object gift I had. wrap uh, yeah <laughs> the or tube to- inside <laughs> even a toilet paper roll man when I was that small I would like yeah. I would go for it like pretending I had a lightsaber mm-hmm. and especially uh when the prequel film started coming out when we were kids I was watching uh Duel of the Fates at the end of Phantom Menace and just always like pretending I was as acrobatic as Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson up there just like jumping around and fighting Darth Maul. Yeah, me too. Is that the earliest? What's the earliest memory you have? Earliest memory I have of Star Wars is definitely original trilogy stuff. Just like watching that with my uncle and my grandfather in like in the living room. They just they were kind of the, my uh, my uncle is definitely a huge Star Wars geek mm-hmm. and probably possibly the biggest one I know. And so he got me into it. And then as the prequel films started coming out we were they were taking me as a really young child to see them at like the midnight premieres so i vaguely remember those yeah me too i i remember being really excited for it but i kind of wish i was old enough to where i could remember the hype surrounding it like you know the television spots and everyone going crazy and stuff Uh, like i really don't remember seeing it in the theater i just remember i had all the toys after and i was obsessed but yeah, that prequel era is kind of what uh, was our original trilogy, I guess. Like, it kind as of far is. as the excitement and the lore. And it's nice because I think people like you and I, having been kids when they came out, having like now we can watch a movie that's regarded as a bad movie and walk out and go, "Oh yeah, that's a bad movie." Yeah. But at five to eleven years old, as it were, when I, when the movies were coming out, I would watch them and be like, "These are great." 
Like these are phenomenal. Yeah. The the acting is perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything is great. I, I had no clue that like the the pseudo Shakespearean shit going on in uh, Attack of the Clones was actually terrible. Like when I like right. the, there, <laughs> I love those movies still, and it's because I had such a like fresh eyes watching them the first time. But when I go back, I'm like, oh man, watching the Phantom Menace. It's like the I saw a Reddit comment recently. That movie's not as bad as you remember, and also not as great as you remember. That's true. It's yeah. like that's the truest thing ever because some of like some of that stuff is terrible. Some of it, like you could watch that movie and cringe a thousand times right. over. But then like it, it for me, the best lightsaber duel in the history of the movies is Maul versus Jin and Obi-Wan. definitely yeah. I would agree. Even it tops Obi Wan and Anakin in Episode Three. Uh, cinematically, no, like, mm-hmm. the, I know they pulled out all the stops. I remember when they, I don't know if you remember, but they did that original trilogy, um, re-release on DVD in 2004. Yeah. Uh, and that was just before Revenge of the Sith came out. And mm-hmm. so they had this, um, they actually, in the bonus material for the original trilogy re-release, they had stuff for the forthcoming third episode of Star Wars. And uh, they had video of Anna, of uh, rather Hayden Christensen and uh, Ewan McGregor like preparing for the lightsaber fight in mm-hmm. front of all the green screens and stuff, and going in with the the lightsaber trainer. And they just would spend. It's like uh, we were just talking about Ryan Gosling before the podcast, yeah. spending like twelve hours a day for six months preparing for La La Land. Yeah, they would have Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen like absolutely like drenched in sweat going in there all day just i would watch this on repeat just the yeah. behind the scenes that was like my first experience of behind the scenes stuff because i know i always just liked the movies yeah i but, remember watching that too and then the trainer would say that when they were going through the takes on actual shooting it they wouldn't do a, a piece of the choreography here and a piece here they would actually run through the entire fight from start to finish each take because yeah. they were so into it and they were like so invested and they were really good at what they were doing and yeah. trained so well. Yeah, they it was it was definitely it was almost more than a dance like watching the movie because yeah. it was like it was clearly like well choreographed and everything and they ran through it very quickly. But it's so cool that they didn't have to have stunt doubles going in there or like yeah, I agree. Rudimentary CGI making it look like them. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah. Well, okay, cool. So, actually, really quick about the prequels. When you look, when you hear people talk about it. Uh, maybe not now, because it seems like now people are warming up to them again. Like the people who were anti-prequel maybe six, seven years ago, they seem to be kind of defending them now. What's your take on that? Like as far as, was there a time for you that you were like, oh, the prequels suck, you know, OT all the way? Or have you kind of always liked the prequel fan? For me, I'd never, I'd never really understood the hate because I, I remember, you know, of course, Jar Jar gets a lot of crap, right? Yeah. But I remember as a kid, Jar Jar was my favorite. So funny. Yeah. yeah. And I, he, he was the first toy I got for from mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. And it wasn't until maybe high school when I started hearing everyone talking crap about it. And I really never understood. Mm. I mean, I, I understand now, like, you know... <sighs> probably wasn't executed as well as it should have been. You know, George needed some people to tell him no on certain things. Yeah. But I still love them, and I didn't quite understand the hate towards them. Yeah. And what's your memory of that? I think it's, I think the prequels are very ambitious. And so, like, I I don't know if you're, so, like, the thing is, the, what I had heard about, um, when I, when I look back in hindsight, I can remember people saying, 
that these movies were coming. I was always confused about why it was four, five, and six came out first, and then one, two, three. I just didn't. That's such a strange thing that I didn't really understand. And and like family members or somebody would tell me, oh yeah, George Lucas like had it all conceptualized. He had mm-hmm. the story in his head. He didn't think he could do episodes one, two, and three with the the film technology they had at the time. Right. So he wanted to wait until they... And so, to me, it makes sense. They're like, they have access to... I think it had been 12 years since the wrap on um, Return of the Jedi when they started filming for Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm like, wow, that's basically a decade between the last OT movie and the the new prequels. So it's like, the obviously, something crazy had happened in film then, which is as we know, like green screen and CGI stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it makes sense to me that there, and now like when you look at nineties, early two thousand CGI, we go, Oh man, like now we have the craziest stuff in the world to look at. I don't even know how much further film can develop because they can make, right. They can make anything happen on TV. Obviously we're going to get into like VR experiences and augmented reality experiences. Mm -hmm. But like to me, like I respect the prequel trilogies because prequel trilogy films because i know that it was such a um it, it, i really believe in george lucas's vision as much as his directed films in the series overall are not very good mm-hmm. um i i like i mean he without him there's no life breath of, of this project yeah and you mentioned something really cool you know it kind of was a, a pioneer for visual effects and digital filmmaking and during the 70s it was kind of it kind of renaissanced special effects then too so it's it seemed like what he did with the ot was he started a whole new way of storytelling through special effects and practical filmmaking which was really cool and then he kind of did the same thing with um the prequel trilogy you know i think if i remember correctly episode two is the first movie ever completely shot on digital camera and because Phantom Menace was on film, right? But and they were just getting the digital like backgrounds and special effects prepared so that when they came to episode two, it would be completely digital. Mm-hmm. And I, if I remember correctly, that was the first film that ever did it. So I think for him, it was more about experimenting and pushing technology and storytelling rather mm-hmm. than actually focusing on, you know what people would want to see from these characters. I mean, if you look at it, the story, it's all there in the prequels, right? It's right. just, you know, the dialogue's a little weird and the execution is funny. But if you look at it on paper, the story of the prequel trilogy is beautiful. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's such a cool story. Like, even, like, I love... One of my favorite things in Attack of the Clones is um, Anakin and Padme on Naboo. Mm-hmm. Like, that, just like that romance, like, blossoming thing going okay, on so you like that i i hate the dialogue going on but i like i thought it was i, th- I think it's like a beautiful scene and like the story is so cool like i like, love the romance between anakin and Pat. yeah i think it's great i like and it's because i was so innocent going into it I, right <laughs> you like before you actually know what romance is like and like relationships and stuff like that seems really cool and, it, and it's 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 an archetypal you know movie relationship yeah. thing it's you know it's like they have like this I, when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, they're talking like they're in a Shakespeare play to each other on here. And I think it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I think Padme was one of my first big movie crushes. Natalie Portman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one like Natalie Portman. Yeah. I really wish... Do you think she'll ever come back and make a cameo in modern day Star Wars? 
That would be cool. I think I I think the hate for the prequel trilogies is so like vehemently like real amongst mm-hmm. like people who lurk Reddit and and stuff like that that it just they'd be upset about it. Yeah. I don't know. I but to go back to like your original question, there was never a time where I hated the prequels, and I don't yeah. there. There, there's been. I don't really watch them. I probably will watch them once a year, mm-hmm. if that, because I have the steel books now. And I, yeah, I, me too. Yeah, over there. yeah, I do. I, I was, <laughs> I was admiring that. I think I'm missing. Actually, I might be missing one steel book, but um, I most recently acquired the Phantom Menace, and mm-hmm. I just love that. Yeah, uh, I love watching that movie like once a year because the it's like for me it's the, it's uh, this build up to the Duel of the Fates. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what bugs me about the steelbook editions is there's no behind the scenes or special yeah. features it's just the movie and a commentary and yeah that, that's all you get and it, it reminds me i don't know if you, like the original vhs i think i saw you had one too uh recently like i have the, the ot i have the 96 original trilogy re-release yeah that's the one i have yeah. yeah and i have had that since i was a kid i'm only missing the vhs sleeve for one of them but i have the box <laughs> um i'm missing the vhs sleeve for a new hope Mm-hmm. But um, I get, like, when you watch those through, at the end of the credits, it rolls the movie again with the commentary. Oh, it does? I think so. Oh, wow. That's, that's the way I remember it. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to go back. Or it just, you know what it is? It's not a it's not a re-roll of the movie. It's after the credits are done. It's an interview with George Lucas on reflecting on the movie. Oh, on, I see. Yeah. So he like he goes through and he talks about stuff. And, yeah. And they have, like, scenes from the movie where he's like, oh, yeah, we were doing this. We thought... I haven't watched those since I was a kid, but yeah, really cool. But I do remember being in like the first grade and I had this like tan shirt that was a Phantom Menace shirt and it had a, like a, a frame from uh, Obi-Wan and uh, uh, Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul. I've mm-hmm. always been a diehard fan of that scene. Yeah. And like the, the whole, like the, the scoring, the, that whole, it's, it's, oh, it's so beautiful. great. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, corn on the, the cob. cob. You've seen that video, I, yes. <laughs> it's and so great. Uh, but I, I would get made fun of in the first and second grade for wearing that shirt because people would be like, "Oh, like Star Wars, you're a nerd." Like you know, like forget that. Like that stuff's stupid. And, I remember that too. Yeah, and then like now it's just funny because I have like a few select because I moved around a lot, but I have like people I'm connected with on social media which is a blessing and a curse, but like I'll like go on there and I'll see them freaking out about new Star Wars movies. Like, Oh man, like I'm just so hyped. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Where were you in, you know, 2004 when, you know, like everybody was, that was, I think, uh, episode three was the first movie I was hyped about mm-hmm. because I was like a fully conscious human at that point. Yeah. Like I would, like I had some years of school in me or whatever. I was, you know, still young, but like I was, preparing to enter like middle school high school and so i had a personality by then right and i can remember like knowing because of the internet when the the first trailer was gonna drop and like sitting in the living room and just like posting up i think it was after an award show or something it might have been the oscars which are today i I remember (laughs) that i i remember when the dvd uh was coming out soon for revenge of the sith and I remember like <clears throat> eagerly waiting for it to come out because I only got to see it once in theaters. Um, I don't remember sitting in the theater, but I remember after months after wanting that DVD when it came out. And I remember mm-hmm. going to my friend's house. We were going to play Xbox and 
he got a package in the mail and opened it, and it was Revenge of the Sith. And I was like, how did you mm. get that so quick? And I think I left his home and went back to mine. And I was like, Mom, we got to go to Target. <laughs> I got to get this. <laughs> we got to get Revenge of the Sith. And she took me, and then we got it. And um, I think we bought all three at the oh, same time. Yeah. And then we just did a binge, binge that, whole, that whole night. Um, so let's jump into, this got me thinking, um, we're talking about Star Wars and, you know, the, what a- exactly makes Star Wars so iconic? Cause you mentioned mm-hmm. that there's, you know, it, the hype just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It seems more people are coming to it and accepting it and talking about it like all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you're not, uh, if you're like, you know, general audience, you know, and you, you're not a big fan, you're still going to hear about it or see it in the stores or something, right? So I want to talk about what makes Star Wars iconic. And I think the best way to do that is to look at all of the movies, mm-hmm. including the standalones like Rogue One and right. stuff. And let's take top 10 mm-hmm. most iconic moments and let's rank them and let's find out why, what makes Star Wars iconic. Okay. And so let's just, let's get some uh, idea, like ones that come to mind right away and then we'll rank them. Okay. So do you have any that come to the top of your head right I away? I have two, two things come to my head right away. Um, and one of them is actually from a cartoon, uh, not a movie. Clone Wars? Uh, it's, no, it's um, Rebels. Rebels? Oh, yeah. I love Rebels. Yeah. So good, dude. It's um, and a total spoiler alert, of course, for people who haven't watched Rebels plug your ears now is the the final standoff between obi-wan kenobi and darth maul okay so you want to include the animated shows yeah, as well totally all of it mm-hmm. everything star wars everything star okay wars. are we going to go as far as novels too comics we could yeah i yeah. I, ha- I have been uh, actually, actually yeah let's do it i've had i've kind of forced myself to stop uh buying comics because i was like really in the shit and it was a huge investment it's, because yeah, they it's were, i mean they they trap they were trapping people it's like who can't they make a story about now <laughs> right i'll just wait for disney plus or whatever <laughs> oh i'm so excited like uh, we got mandalorian coming oh yeah i do you think mandalorian the mandalorian is boba fett or do you think it's a completely different oh no i think it's gonna be a brand new because they didn't character. they didn't green light the movie anymore the fett movie is gone oh right yeah are they are either that or it's on delay and so i wonder no she kathleen kennedy she said a couple weeks ago that it's uh maybe like a month ago she said it's completely dead Mm. And that was the first she'd said anything in a really long time. So we're either going to, Boba Fett's either going to play an integral role in the Mandalorian, I would imagine, or otherwise, what if it, like, it would be super cool if it's Jango Fett. Oh, and he comes back from the Sarlacc pit? Yeah. Well, I would, I would like to see, I'm looking up that actor's name. Do you know who played Boba Fett in in the, oh, in the prequel trilogy, the kid? Yeah. No clue. Let's see. Oh, that would be neat if they had the kid come back to play Boba Fett as an adult. Because he might be, like, the appropriate age to make an appearance. Because Mandalorian, it takes place right after Revenge of... Or Return of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. So he may, you know... Australian right kid, age. I think. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll that, see. Was, that was a nice touch, I thought. Like, the, when, the, when the kid was like, Dad, we've got a visitor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, he sounds like a kid Boba Fett. <laughs> Daniel Logan. Daniel Logan. So, see, he's, you know, in his late 20s right now. So he could definitely come back and... Oh, he could. ...play a role 
in, but he's not a Mandalorian though. You know, I mean, he's a clone he of the has, Mandalorian. Well, not even Django was a Mandalorian. He was. That was stolen armor. Right. So yeah, he's a he's a bounty hunter. He's <laughs> nothing more than yeah. yeah. So he could come back, and there could be like, you know, maybe he. I'm wants... wondering if Mandalore will like play a huge like the the, the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I hope so, because yeah. we've got a lot of good stuff in Rebels with that, especially the third right. season. They really went into it. Yeah. Did you see the Mandalorian armor in, uh, the, in Solo and the, in the Inquisitor's room yes. at the end? Yeah. yeah. Or what's, not the Inquisitor, but, you know, the... Um, um, I can't think of it. Dryden Boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was... There were, and, the, and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of There's good lot Easter of... eggs in that room. That, yeah, that, that room was like total and of course it's the mall room <laughs> yeah okay so, so we cool. got a little bit off topic. yeah so, yeah, so top tens the obi-wan and darth maul scene in rebels obi-wan darth maul scene i like i like to pair things because i think um star wars is really great about uh like calling back or like evoking a sense of things we've seen before yeah so for example luke's death at the end of uh um the last jedi is the, the twin sons setting mm-hmm. yeah and it's it just that that to me is the um like the magnum opus of star wars like the classic scene you think of when you think of the original rustic like so is that another moment for you yeah the twin sun setting in the last jedi both Both? last jedi and a new hope (laughs) okay so we'll make that two separate ones then so a new hope sons yeah i'm just gonna make i'm gonna i'm gonna number here Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna write our ideas out and then we can rank them from there separately cool okay so back to that obi-wan versus maul uh fight Mm -hmm. i just want to comment on it and say that it was beautiful like i loved how they were talking or just there was a dialogue there like you could tell the history and you could see the the arc not just in maul of course but also obi-wan we never saw him before in Rebels mm-hmm. or Clone Wars, but you could tell just by that one episode, that short like five minutes that he was in there, that that man was he was on Tatooine and he was really studying the Force and just becoming mm-hmm. one with himself and patient because if Maul had approached him before that time, like maybe during a Clone Wars era, he would have been a completely different Obi-Wan. And he probably would have been, um, you know, really eager to destroy him. Which I think they did in Clone Wars. He did have another fight with him, didn't he? I can't remember. Him you and know, his I brother. actually never really cared for Clone Wars. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, what, um, I always blank on his brother's name. It's something like a wrestler. Savage so, Opress. Yes. Yeah. Savage Opress, yeah. That's... It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that, the most badass name. That is a great name. Can you do you remember what Maul said to Obi-Wan in that Rebels episode? When uh, you first see him? Yeah, he walks up and he's like he's like the you've become an old you've become an old man. <laughs> withering away in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna try it. Look at what has become of you. Oh yeah. A rat in, in the, the desert. desert. That was a terrible impression. <laughs> no, it works. <laughs> okay, so we got Obi-Wan versus Maul. We yeah. got A New Hope And Sons. I do one, one other thing from that scene is um, uh, I love, it's so, it's so samurai. 
It's so, yeah. you know, samurai film, which is, of course, classic Star Wars. Watching uh, Kylo and, and um, Force Projection Luke mm-hmm. line up at the end um of the last jedi the way the same the same defensive stance luke takes is the same one that obi-wan takes with uh or ben rather oh, really? yeah i oh, mean I it's, a, it's a stance four or whatever they call it in the different yeah yeah there's like seven i don't know i haven't read too far into that but he takes like the defensive stance oh, yeah. and it's the way you're he, talking about the form like the different forms mm-hmm. of the fighting styles right? yeah oh, okay I think it's, there I think are it's, seven so yeah seven and i think that's four Oh, okay. Which is a defensively based one. That's really cool. I never caught that. Yeah. Okay, so we got three. Or are you counting what you just said as one of them, too? Oh, yeah. That's an iconic scene for yeah. me. I think that's so one of the most... force projection in general? That force whole Force projection thing? sequence. Okay. All right, I got one. You might hate me for it. Mm. But Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm pod racing that whole sequence oh dude classic one of the best parts of that movie insane and you know what's interesting about it do you ever watch behind the scenes on that specific race no not since i was a kid so most of most of that sequence is actually practical effect really you know they had little models of the pods and they would blow them up and have them on strings in front of a blue screen yeah yeah that's and crazy. even the um, desert area with the big rocks and everything, models that they just, you know, they just put different pieces of this puzzle into one film. Unbelievable. And yeah. It's re- you can watch it. You can go to YouTube and see them actually like blowing up the models and then showing it side by side with the film. And Whoa. it's really cool. Everyone's always goes, you know, oh, it's too much special effect. But that is like a callback to like how they did space fights in the OT. Right. And when you know that and you go back and watch it, it's brilliant filmmaking. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. But I think that's a huge iconic moment for me. Um, another one is, uh, I'm still in the prequel phase, but also the um, Obi-Wan and Anakin fight, mm. obviously. Yeah. Um, There's one moment in the Obi-Wan and Anakin fight that still kind of makes me gasp. There's a cut. It's, because obviously that scene is cutting away between Yoda versus Palpatine yeah. and Anakin versus Obi-Wan. And one of the cutaways from when like Palpatine's throwing all the, the, the council yeah. um, like seats at Yoda, it like cuts over and you just see Obi-Wan go, oh, and he like, it's, it's oh, almost yeah. like he gets stabbed and you're like, oh yeah, that's and interesting. Every, I, every time almost it gets me <laughs> where I'm like, oh man. And I know how the movie ends right. <laughs> like a thousand times over. It could be different. It could be. All right, so we got that one, and uh, Ray um, Force Vision when she touches um, the lightsaber for the first time, and the uh, you hear Yoda's voice, oh. and you hear uh, oh my gosh, dude, uh, Alec Guinness, the voice in there where they cut him um, Ray from Afraid, yeah, Ray, <laughs> Ray. These are your first steps. That one was Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Just, it, like, it is so cool how they, like, combine their two voices. Yeah. And they cut, like, they took from Afraid. Yeah. I think that's just, what can't they do? <laughs> right? It's so cool. Right? Right. Um, all right, let me think of another one here. I had it in my head, and now I kind of lost it. Um, iconic moments. So... 
I would say another big one for me is when Yoda is um, raising the Falcon out of the swamp in Dagobah. Oh, yeah. And that's like that whole little, you know, five minute segment where they're talking back and forth and he's like, I can't do it. And he's like, you know, the try not yeah. do or do not. There is no try. And I don't know, with the music to it. Oh, yeah. And goosebumps. The acting. And the puppeteering. I don't know. That's a big one for me. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, A lot of people hated Yoda's cameo in uh, uh, Last Jedi, but I I loved it. I loved the combination of CGI and puppet. I loved loved Mm -hmm. him coming there and just dropping that, you know, wisdom on Luke. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That speaks to so much for me. (laughs) So I didn't enjoy the dialogue for the most part in the last jedi mm. but i did enjoy yoda's yeah everything he had to say what it meant um that was that was a, a great part for me in that too especially just to see luke and yoda together and their chemistry yeah. is so unique frank oz is there yeah, yeah. super cool and then when you go back and watch, I'm sure you've seen it, but when behind the scenes when they were shooting that, Mark Hamill was like crying because he was like, oh my gosh, this is like, I'm taken back to yeah. when we did this originally. And 1970s. It's so emotional. Yeah. 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 Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's so weird that we're at this point. I, I don't like, I always thought of. When I was a kid, it was like Mark Hamill like was obviously older than he was when they did the movies, but I you just always think of him as this young Luke. So when you like on screen, of course, like I, I started to know him as a voice actor again, and I never thought we would have this Star Wars experience we're having now. Yeah, but it's so interesting to see him as a weathered person in these films. Yeah, and he, oh. the guy can act. Yeah, too. like He's so good. Sh- shit (laughs) yeah from i mean you could just like you could see how like his time behind the mic has informed it all like yeah i think voice actors have such a huge leg Mm -hmm. uh, because they have to be able to emote without using their face like you just you have to learn to express things totally differently and like and taking a character like the joker Mm -hmm. and bringing that to life with just your throat (laughs) it's just like it's amazing yeah it's cool It, it probably made him even a greater on on camera actor. What do you think his role is going to be like in nine? Force Ghost. There's, I mean, that's the whole the the ones that you see disappear. That was like the the reason that Qui Gon comes back as a disembodied voice is because mm-hmm. he didn't quite finish his his understanding of the Force mm-hmm. and the and the way that you can sort of like dissipate yourself and and become like a part of the Force. So do you think though he'll have a heavy role, or do you think it'll be more like? Obi-Wan coming back for like a minute or two as a force ghost. I th- there's probably a reason that they come back that way, right? Is because yeah. they're they understand. I think I think it's part of the balance. The balance thing. It's like when you're not a part of the physical realm anymore, you've got to leave it to the people who actually have control, some control over that. Yeah. I I would even like to believe that like if Kylo Ren showed up and Luke was a force ghost that he could just totally like just use the force and wipe him away because he's a part of the force. Like if he was just like, Ooh. I don't want to deal with you anymore, just like yeah. shatters him into a thousand pieces and then turns him into lightning or something. 
That'd be really cool. Wouldn't to that see, be actually. badass? Yeah. Just like, just like watch, like, like see, like Ray is there talking with Luke or something, and he just like turns him into lightning and shoots shoots Luke yeah. at her. That's actually really cool. Uh, um, to go off of that, um, are there any other force powers that you would like to see that you have thought of that you haven't seen yet? For me, I really want to see Force Pyro. Mm. Like if someone can shoot fire out of their fingertips, yeah, and we can have lightning. Why can't we do fire, right? Yeah, why not? And it's never—I don't think it's been done before. Yeah, not that I can think of. There's a there's this cool. I don't, I'm going to bring it to Harry Potter for a second, but um, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter guy at all. Oh yeah. In uh, the fifth movie, the scene where Voldemort is dueling Dumbledore, um, mm-hmm. he does a fiend fire Voldemort, and he he like like snaps his wand back and it's almost like it's a Bic lighter or something. He does like a spark (laughs) and then he like breathes the fire out and he like casts it from his mouth. And I just thought that was the coolest shit ever. Like, it would be like really cool if like they could like spark like the, the lightning and then just like throw it as fire. I like the Spider-Man motion you did. Yeah. Just like like shooting fire out. Hell yeah. That I remember still going on Harry Potter. Do you remember when I think it was, it was either episode. It was a episode. It was either <laughs> Harry Potter four or five, when Voldemort officially comes back. Which one was it? It is four. Four. Okay, so that's the one with the maze, right? Yeah. The, okay. The Triwizard Tournament. Do you remember seeing the trailer for it and then seeing them both shoot uh, like red and blue yes. out of their wands, and everyone was like, "Priori, oh my Cantata, god, it's like it's called yeah." What is it called? Pri- the it's the 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 movies fuck this up. Because in, I'm going to go on the little rant here because it yeah. pisses me off. Um, when you see Dumbledore and Voldemort fight, they do the same thing in the fifth movie where mm-hmm. like their their spells collide and then he's like trying to shoot little like bolts of it off at Harry in the corner. But the re- that that shouldn't happen because the reason that that happens when uh, Voldemort and Harry fight is because there's a blink between their wands, and so the their spells like will like kind of intertwine and like fight with each other yeah in that way that other people doesn't happen so the movie makes it like this thing that'll happen in duels with people it just doesn't happen that way but i oh you like harry potter more than i thought dude uh, it's my first <laughs> chapter book really <laughs> yeah is i'm a harry potter and star wars are my thing <clears throat> but i remember watching that trailer for that harry potter and being like oh my god they have lightsabers because i didn't know anything about harry potter <laughs> i was like oh my god it's like a new darth vader Versus Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that was really funny. And then a lot of people were like, you know, the non-Harry Potter hardcore fans were like, oh my God, they're bringing Star Wars into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, for me, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but some of my favorite parts of Star Wars are the fighting. I'm like, I've always been big into action movies and like, I'm, I'm, I've done combat sports like for most of my, like since I was six years old mm-hmm. is the first time I wrestled. And so I'm always into like, Rassle. so like when I watch uh, John Wick, I watched John Wick part two this week. I'm getting hyped for the new one. Oh, me too. Ke- Keanu Reeves is, his jujitsu is on point. Like I, there's oh, yeah. this, there's this part in John Wick two where he puts this guy in a triangle mm. and he's like choking him and at the, he ends up like pulling a gun out and shooting him through the head, but he's like ostensibly yeah. like losing the blood flow to his brain. It's the most perfectly executed triangle I've ever seen. And he keeps doing like these super cool arm drags. 
Yeah. And I just like I get so into that. And what I love about Harry Potter and Star Wars is that they're like they're badass fights, mm-hmm. but they're so out of this world. Like you don't. Yeah. In action movies now, it's guns and stuff, and you know, like people are shooting at each other. And of course, John Wick's like got the he never misses. Everybody else is shooting at him like a stormtrooper, but he never misses. In Star Wars, it's like. It's medieval. It's so medieval. Yeah. That like you're and and it's so close. That's a long time ago. Yeah, and that's that's true. I mean, good action movies doesn't mean that you have to throw in a bunch of explosions and special effects. Yeah. Right. It's all about the dance, you know, right. of the fighting. Right. And the exchanges between the two people and just how it affects the story. Not just blowing up something just to blow it up, you know. And I think Star Wars does it well. Yeah. But you mentioned you liked the action and the fighting yeah. in Star Wars. I actually really love, I mean, I love the action, but I actually really love the politics. Yeah, that's the too. Star Wars movies. Well, and that's that's the coolest thing I think about the new one is it's it calls into question often who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Yeah. Like, you know, like you could you could almost think of the First Order as a as a metaphor for the United States of America. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's no better, no worse. And it's classist, it's racist, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all planetist, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all of these things. And that, like, that's weird politics, but like the, it calls into question. Like, so uh, one of my favorite things is Kylo's pull to the light in mm-hmm. the force awakens is like just something you've never had to, because he's like, that's a bad thing in his mm-hmm. world. He's like, he's like, I'm feeling the pull to the light again. And I like, I don't want to be on that side of it. Like, I know I'm doing admirable work here. Like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm picking up where my grandfather left off. Yes. Speaking of, uh, I want to add that to my list. Um, That scene where Han is trying to convince Kylo to come back home. Mm -hmm. And then when the sun is completely drained and it goes dark and it's like symbolizes the light in him is gone. Yeah. And then he kills his father. Yeah. That is such a beautiful scene. I know people hate it. There's such a huge camp of people who believe that Han powered on the, uh, the lightsaber for him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I never heard that. Knowing that Snoke was going to kill Kylo if he didn't kill his dad. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, it's it's a cool concept. Because they, you know, I think it's supposed to be at least ambiguous because they both have their hands on the lightsaber and it's obviously pointed towards Han. Yeah. And, you know, they both have their hands on it. But obviously Kylo, like, wrenches back and shoves it into him yeah it's very aggressive it's not like something that was was surprising to kylo that happened but he says thank you yeah but i don't know if i have the strength to do it and he says thank you yeah (laughs) which is like there's gotta be some purpose to that yeah what's the thank you for what did he do oh that's so cool i want to go back and watch it again now yeah (laughs) damn it's a great movie i I, it's, that's my that's my go to Star Wars movie. It used to be Empire, but that that's like if I'm if I'm feeling like I just need to watch Star Wars and I can't really pick one, it's always The Force Awakens. That's that's true for me too. You know, I think I've watched Force Awakens more than I've watched any other mm-hmm. Star Wars. Movie. I watched it probably 19 times, like in the first like couple months that I got the Blu-ray, <laughs> and I saw it seven times in theaters. Yeah, it's just so magical. Yeah, you know, it's such a like like the the hype around like a they went back to film, mm-hmm. b they did all like almost all practical effects mm-hmm. for the movie. Like obviously there's you know animation and whatnot going on, but yeah, 
the all the practical effects and the behind the behind the scenes that we saw uh like on Jakku alone were crazy. And I'll never forget when we got that first teaser and you're watching it and you're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah. god." And then it goes to black and then you hear Chewie. Yeah. We're home. And then you like lose your mind again. Uh-huh. And like I think if it wasn't for that trailer, it wouldn't have been as big a movie because that trailer was so good. Yeah, all Star Wars trailers are really good for some reason. You see, they're following a format now. With yeah, the, it'd be like you can line up the, yeah. the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens, and they're like they they're exactly the like same. Like the way the, they fade in and when, fade out, and, and like the lightsaber at the same. Yeah. yeah, like when Finn pops up at first, the and then yeah, and then yeah. in the Last Jedi, Ray pops up first in the trailer, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, the parallels are there. They probably are the same amount of time too. Which yeah. is funny. But no, Star Wars trailers are incredible. Yeah. And oh, they're so good. We still haven't gotten it yet, but as soon as we do, you know that episode nine trailer is gonna be insane. And misleading. Oh yeah. Or <laughs> or they like so they do things to like misdirect you. Yeah. So like they wanted they got they did a like a thing where they mirrored Ray's image, like standing over Luke with the lightsaber, which obviously did happen in mm-hmm. The Last Jedi. But people were like, No, that's like totally a bait and switch. They're like making it right. look like she like turned on Luke. And uh like obviously there's a moment where she did and they yeah. they fought. And uh it was cool. Um but no everybody was like, No, that's not gonna happen. They and that, that speaks so much to like the the people who are mad about The Last Jedi are unwilling to let go of what they need for Star Wars to be. Yeah. Like, they need Luke to be the, the you know, the farm boy hero that mm-hmm. would never do wrong, like, would never have, a like, a lapse in character. They just need it to be the furthest away from reality as possible. Let's jump on that real quick. I know it's a sensitive topic, but in my mm-hmm. last episode, I mentioned that, you know, a lot, it's like when you, when you talk about when you mention Star Wars mm-hmm. to people, or someone says, "Let's talk about Star Wars," it's almost scary, right? Now, because cause they're so you never know it's like bipartisan. how people are going to react. <laughs> yeah, and because oh, it's fuck s- Ryan Johnson exactly, yeah. and not many people can just talk about it. Now you know that because we talked about it when Last Jedi came out. I did not like it at all. Yeah, at I first, it, right? It's this sort of changed, right? Is it so? I bought my tickets like when they first came out mm-hmm. and I bought it for the first two days. So I went, I had two tickets right. already. Um, I went the first night and I remember being in the theater and watching everything go down and it wasn't anything that I expected. Mm-hmm. And I didn't right away get mad or upset about anything. But I remember sitting down in my seat after the credits and just sitting there and being like, what the hell did I just watch? (laughs) And then I was, what's funny is, so I went to go see it with Aisa and Lewis. Okay. And we, when we were going into the theater, I was like, okay guys, if you have negative energy after the movie, don't say anything. Cause I don't want this movie ruined for me. Like, I want to enjoy this experience. So I went in and I was like, I'm going to love this movie. And I like told everyone around me, if you have something bad to say, don't say anything at all. And we leave the theater and they were like obsessed with the movie. They loved it. 
and, and you were I like, was quiet. I couldn't mm-hmm. say anything. I didn't know what to think of what I just watched. And I was like, I'm just not going to say anything until I go back tomorrow because maybe I need to see it again. Um, and then I sat back down in the theater the next day and I saw it with my family and I watched it from a different perspective. And I was like, okay, it was good. And the visuals were great. Mm-hmm. The cinematography was beautiful. Um, but I still didn't like the storytelling. Mm. Now, I totally understand why choices were made. Right. And I totally um, am not like disagreeing with anything. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't, I can't understand where it is going to go. And I think that's my biggest problem because when you leave off force awakens, you know, it has to go somewhere because there's an obvious cliffhanger with Luke. And then Snoke says, we have to train, finish, finish Kylo's training. And, um, and then with the last Jedi, it kind of had a closing feel to it, you know? Mm. And there was no, I, I cannot see where it can go. Well, you just know that Kylo and Rey are going to go to war now because... Oh, no, they can't because they're, they're going to have a baby. Raylo. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, there is that wrong. But I, it's like Abrams is going to play with that. And I, I think that's so, it's so perfect that Ryan Johnson set that up because mm-hmm. it, it, either, it either could or could not be. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the, this point with J.J. Abrams taking up the helm... You just have to accept that, like, it could go one way or the other, and it's probably going to indicate towards one and be the other, yeah. or indicate towards one, make you think it's going to be the other, but actually be the original thing. And that True. is that is the operating headspace of J.J. Abrams uh, with like virtually everything he touches, like from Lost mm-hmm. to you know Star Trek to right over here, like bringing Khan back in in Star Trek. Yeah. It's just like nuts, like the. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see what he does because you know he's going to deliver. Oh yeah, there, everything he touches is is phenomenal. I can't think of anything that I, I just I trust him implicitly. I try. I would trust Ryan Johnson too. I think. I think the. I like your perspective on the Last Jedi because I I loved the movie. Mm-hmm. I think like I I, just, I loved the storytelling. I, I felt like I wouldn't have done it any other way if I was given the parameters that mm-hmm. Ryan. If he, Ryan Johnson was like, this is what needs to happen. I probably would. I wouldn't do it the same way because I'm not a film <laughs> maker. Yeah. But I, w- I would say that more or less, you would have to do what he did. So I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was funny that Mark Hamill disagreed with it, but just totally sold it anyway, and was like, "I'm gonna fucking do it because mm-hmm. I'm I'm that big dick energy guy." And I think that's part of the problem for the hate. Mm-hmm. If you know, Mark was saying stuff before it came out. I and didn't like that. People trust Mark Hamill. Yeah. He is Luke Skywalker, so they're going to trust. And when he says he doesn't like it, then People no one else is going to like it. Home. That was yeah. a PR nightmare. I mean, that's yeah, dude. one of the major reasons why so many people I wonder how, like, how, how much they docked on like bonuses and pay for him for doing shit like that. Like, <laughs> he probably lost a lot because like, just think of the way The Force Awakens did in theaters versus The Last Jedi. Yeah. It's like, I think, I think that, I mean, I love Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think it is incumbent upon you as a member of the, like, when I, like, so if I went on social media 
and I work for a publishing company. And I was like, oh, man, my publishing company fucking sucks. Like, I can't believe they did this thing, uh, which is largely not true because the publishing company I work for is, like, super socially active and does really good stuff all the time. They would probably fire me. Or, yeah. like, you know, obviously they can't fire him, you know, from, right. the, from the movie that they already made. But, like, and that was the, well, and now that's the thing is, like, a, it's this whole series was never supposed to be the Luke Skywalker show. And I think people got into it thinking like, we're going to get the, like the, the closing of Luke versus whatever, you know, the mm-hmm. Luke bringing balance to the force. But his chapter ended. His ended. chapter's over. And he's a part of this because it, it stands to reason that he would be in the movie, mm-hmm. but there are new stories to tell. Like I'm, I, I hate, like, I, I love like the Skywalker, you know, Kenobi, you know, the influence, influence on the series and their presence but I don't need for it to be the, you know, the what's going on in the lineage of Skywalker, Solo, yeah. uh, Kenobi these days. I don't need to know because I've we have we have literally decades of movies yeah. that touch on that. And I love that they're in it. And I think that's great. I think that that in itself is fan service, like that they play an integral role in our main characters, mm-hmm. but that they're passing this off to like new people is so cool. And it like the one of the the coolest things at the end of the Last Jedi is that scene where the kid like forces broom the broom boy. Oh, dude, broom boy! <laughs> that like that's just so it's so like that made me think of me when I was a little kid. Just yeah. like like if only like I remember like saying that being like if only I could just like make that fly into my hand. That's right exactly now. what I talked and, about in my last episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that's so that made the whole movie for me like that really? last, that last moment like back on, i didn't like it back on canto bite like when it, it's just like it's like i love that they just say fuck midi-chlorians in the series and they're like they throw that like science out there and it's about balance it's about energy mm-hmm. it's about something that people can tap into it's not something that one person is more susceptible to than the yeah. other but like well clearly there are like ray is a force sensitive person versus poe dameron who is not um there's there's likely an extent to which everybody can use the force is what this movie's saying. Yeah. And I think that's that's the coolest thing ever. It's yeah. it's like it's like Harry Potter kids wanting to get their Hogwarts letter in the mail. Right. It's like Yeah, it's it, cool it's to look just, at it. It's just that thing where you're like, "Oh man, it just, it, it just evokes this sense of like I am that kid." Yeah. There are, there are thousands of people who were who were or are that kid right now. Like standing in front of their TV watching Ray and Kylo kill all the Praetorian guards with their broomstick. Right. <laughs> Just like like whacking shit in their you know bedroom or den or whatever. And I think that's the coolest thing. Yeah. I do, I do remember sitting in the theater for The Last Jedi. And um, as soon as, you know, they, he killed Snoke, Kylo killed Snoke. And then... Um, Kylo and Ray just look at each other. I remember the first time seeing it, and they look at each other, and I'm like, it's I got about to go, go the fuck down. down. And I didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. but I knew something big was going to happen. And then the guards started rushing them, and then they were like, let's do it together. And it was and like that slow-mo, and then, and then it like rushes in yeah. like all of a sudden. Oh, And then so the camera cool. comes in, too. And it was, that sweet, and the in and then out, and yeah. then it's like wide-angle. They're just like, yeah. oh, the, that's, that's one of my favorite fight scenes, too. Yeah. I love how unorthodox the the lightsaber stuff has been. They they made the lightsaber such a medieval seeming heavy weapon yeah. again, like the original oh, yeah. trilogy in The Force Awakens, so they were really like 
like stabbing and then like big like arching slashes versus in the in prequel films and cartoons where you're seeing people do acrobatics yeah and like like it's this light thing yeah but it's really like in in this movie it's like it's got it's a dense piece of gear that yeah. they're like throwing around and like rushing their body weight into let's jump on that real quick so like at the end of the movie or in the end of that fight the light the skywalker lightsaber broken half right mm-hmm. and so what do you think is going to happen in nine do you think she's going to repair that lightsaber or do you think she's going to have to build her new one or do you think she's just going to do away with lightsabers and come up with a new weapon you know we're letting the past die and everything mm-hmm. right is there something else we could do or explore as far as weaponizing the force i i remember thinking i would really love to see ray put together a staff of some kind like a quarter staff oh, with yeah. like a almost like the praetorian guard that has like the staff with like just like that thin strip that but it just seems like such a vulnerable weapon to me that it doesn't make a sense. violin bow yeah it, does, it doesn't make sense yeah <laughs> or like if she had like a kind of a like a longer handle on it it doesn't like in close quarters combat with a lightsaber i don't see it happening um so i would say and plus she's been doing all this training with the lightsaber like you can see she's really finessing the weapon on that rock yeah um I think I want to see her rebuild that um, Anakin's lightsaber, mm-hmm. but with a personal touch on it. Like, I, like there's probably shards of it missing. Yeah, I can see her throwing stuff on there, or maybe like like wood in it, or some somehow. So I think if she if she repairs it, it's going to be a broken light a blade, similar to how Kylo's is kind of like you know crackly. Yeah, and. That will be yeah, the balance cr- there. Yeah, crystal is unstable or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so I think the same thing is going to happen with her, and it'll be that parallel and that balance of light mm-hmm. and dark, you know. And But I don't know. I would like to see where it goes. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, they could do anything. Yeah, but I mean, she be, has the books, the Jedi books. It's, gonna, it's literally like I think the, the transition we're going to see is the same as en- End of Empire Luke to... And uh, to beginning of uh, Return of the Jedi, Luke, which is he walks into Jabba's palace very much a Jedi master. Yeah, and uh, like 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 the, his his calmness, his like his understanding of like metaphysics, and is, is just he's just a changed man. And I think like Ray, she has a she has like the the old books that like elaborate on the 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 original Force wielders and um, probably the wills. Mm-hmm. And she's got um, ostensibly she has Force Ghost Luke in her ear. She has Force Ghost Yoda in her ear, and pro- like she's probably got like back to Qui Gon Jinn, who like right. basic- basically invented Force Ghosthood. Yeah, in her ear, and even before then, because the text themselves is an ancient language, and in one of the comics, I can't remember which one, I believe it's it might be Poe Dameron, but C three PO is translating it for her in the comics. Oh. Um, I don't know if you've read that one. Have I stopped reading Poe? Oh, yeah. It it may not have been Poe Dameron. I can't remember, but uh, he does translate it for her, so that's how she's able that's to read cool. it. So she is studying them. Yeah. Uh, as far as where it's going to take her, what she's going to learn from it, I don't know. Yeah. Let's jump back into top our top tens. Top tens. I so. have one thing though that I want to I want to say though. Yeah. I think I would be really cool. I I would love to see like a lot of people are. I've been listening to, like a lot of Red Force Radio recently. And mm-hmm. like people would be upset to see Palpatine come back as it, like he's the Phantom Menace, um, <laughs> but like 
I would be really cool to see Kylo have like the influence of Snoke and uh and Palpatine in his ear somehow. Yeah. Like training him, teaching him up how to be like this Sith like grandmaster basically. And then on the other hand you have Ray learning about balance and like mm-hmm. defense and strategy from like Qui Gon and Obi Wan, Luke, Yoda. Yeah. Like all like basically the greats on either side just like teaching them. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like it's basically like Aang versus Fire Lord Ozai. Right. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. Oh, the show. best series. Gosh. Another dancing, another like beautifully choreographed thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the Dave Filoni who did Avatar, mm. Sarah Bender. He also did Rebels. Oh, and Clone I didn't know Wars. That. Yeah. Huh. It's the same guy. Uh, creative director. I don't know if he was, uh, he had two other people with him on Avatar, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same same guy. I, He's great. I honestly, I love Avatar more than I love Star Wars animation. Really? Yeah, I love. I mean, I, like Star Wars films for me over the cartoons. Rebels is phenomenal. Yeah, but, they're close uh, for me. But Avatar: The Last Airbender, like as far as animation and storytelling and like making it accessible for kids and yeah. like, but also like so. And adult. we have the live action coming to Netflix. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. And that hopefully it does way more justice than that shitty Shama film. <laughs> I didn't even bother. I haven't seen it. Um, I, well actually I have, I watched it one time, but I was drunk <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it was still bad. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So top tens, I have another one to add and that is, I am your father. Mm. Of oh, course. yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Han shot first also. That the the Greedo and uh uh Han face off in the cantina. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um another one from uh New Hope. Um probably when he's first introduced to the lightsaber. Oh, and yeah. And we learn about the Force for the first time. Yeah. And just the way that Alec Guinness describes it and he mm-hmm. describes his past and he talks about his father, father. and father was just a the, Jedi knight just the delivery <laughs> of yeah. those lines and how it captivates you and it makes you want to know more and that's that's a big moment for me um that's uh the way we sort of open up the like that that movie introduces sci-fi as something that's able to be set in a rustic weathered space you yeah. know, like I I love A New Hope because everything like we think like I think the future was all thought of as shiny and chromatic. Yeah. And and like super crazy looking mm-hmm. robots. And in A New Hope, we see like literally junking, you know, junker little alien guys that are indiscernible as to like what they are. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like picking up like fucked up robots and there's like blaster like. Mm-hmm burn marks and everything there are skeletal remains of you know like people who have just been torched yeah it's um it was it was brand new and it yeah. was it's so cool even today to watch it's brand new but it introduces it as something that could be so old yeah like it's the i just that's that's one of my that's why i like star wars as an art film yeah it's like it's such a neat concept it's like it, it was so accessible for the 70s too for george lucas to make a future film set in a place that you can make look like the Mojave Desert had a couple of, like, Quonson huts that, <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it is an art film. Yeah. It, it's, it's probably, I would consider it a cult movie, the biggest cult movie Yeah, it's a cult ever. classic. And it just happened to, like, sp- yeah. spill out into, like, 
you know, multi-million dollar franchise. But what's interesting is every Star Wars film, aside dollar. from Disney era, is an independent film. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so we I think we have enough to, to try and rank here. So yeah, let's go in order. Let's start um, with. I would put Pod Racing Clean at ten because it's, really? it's it's cool. Yeah, it's cool and it's iconic, but it doesn't stand out amongst some of the more important and salient moments of Star Wars for me. I don't know if it's the same for you. Like, but it would be. We have twelve here, so it would be oh, in the do. ten. It would be in the. It top would be 10, up there. Say. Yeah, I would say at ten, just because it's one of the more redeeming things about uh, that movie. Okay, I'll put it there now, but I might fight you on it later. All right. Okay. Um, I think we can probably. I would, I would see. I would put the Last Jedi Sons at number ten. I actually wouldn't even put it on there. Mm. Is it really? It means something to you. Like I would even the, the Tatooine twin sons are. are oh probably. yeah, those ones I yeah, I'd keep up. That's up in the top, definitely. Yeah, Actually, yeah we I can would, we can nix Last Jedi twin sons. I would I would oh really cut it yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's I, just those two combined as a whole. Like like if you oh, think if you think of those as a moment, just like the callback that is, and that at the end just of Luke's natural life of adventure and something else is out there just looking at it the open and the close yeah 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 okay well we'll put it together then yeah, yeah. um i think we can go ahead and put number one as uh, i'm your father oh yeah that's you the know? most iconic moment of all time okay let's do that um, i love listening to hamill talk about uh um having to keep that secret <laughs> oh right yeah and the, he was like george was like i know it larry knows it and you know it. Yeah, and, and Harrison it Ford out. comes up and he's like, listen, kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think we can cut out... Um, we got to cut one more. I say we cut out the um, Han shot first. Because it's a great moment, but I don't think it's iconic to Star Wars. Yeah. It's you know? Well, it's been such a... It's such a... That's a cult moment of debate yeah. and like controversy because uh, I'm, I'd be willing to cut it out if... I would even say that's over pod racing. Really? Yeah. Uh, if it if it is if it's in the top ten, it would be number ten. Okay, let's keep it in. And what do you think number two should be? I I think number two for me is probably Anakin versus Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with it. Such a that's the, such a big that's moment. The, that's like the the apex of the and of the very pivotal series. too yeah yeah um i would i would say next was the would be the um introduction to the lightsaber mm, yeah for um, sure because if you look at it that we'd never seen anything like that before that right. movie and like you said, it opens up the world. And they use it in that uh, that video that was like a promo. I don't know if you remember. Like Which one? Dis- Disney made this like... Pro- they used it at Disneyland. And it was in that theater where they used to show Captain EO and Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yeah. Um, right next to Space Mountain. They did like this uh, experience the Force thing where you like went in and watched and it was like this... If you haven't seen it, we have to watch it. But it's basically Alec Guinness like going over like that monologue of him mm-hmm. talking, and it's got like 
scenes from Anakin. Like it just, it's like doing the coolest flashbacks and flash forwards. Oh no, I have seen yeah. that. No, that's beautiful. Yeah, it is like it almost made me cry. If it and it did, kind of yeah. sums up the entire prequel era. And it gets you like if you if you have no interest in binging the series, but understanding what's about to happen in these movies, that whole monologue from Alec Guinness is like the perfect way to introduce yourself to like what happened. All you yeah. need is, is all you needed to know for the original trilogy to function as a standalone series before the prequels even existed. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's perfect. So number three. <laughs> yeah. Number three. Perfect. Lightsaber intro. Um, number four. I think uh, from what we have, I think, Obi Wan versus Maul in is number four. Yeah, because yeah, are we also keep, are we keeping Duel of the Fates in the top ten as well? Is that what it's called, Duel of the Fates? Yeah. Oh, you, we didn't put that. Oh. oh, let's do that. Yeah, let's put that in there. I would say let's combine those two at number four. Duel of the Fates, like the oh. duality of those two things. Duel yeah, of the part Fates one and, and part two part of that two. fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I say that's number four. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so. And then, I don't know, five, I would say, is, I think Ray's Force Vision is down really low. Yeah. It's, you have to have context to understand it. Right. And it, it kind of, it, it takes those iconic moments and puts it in one. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I wouldn't even put it on there. I think it's a great, mo- great moment, but. Mm. Okay. Is yeah, that. I can accept that. Because we kind of. It's one of the touch for, on yeah. Well, well, what else from the? So there's got to be something from the force. So uh, Han's death. Yeah, the light side. Yeah. Kylo, it completely draining away from. Yeah. And the sun going away. Yeah. Right. Would you put that as five? Uh oh yeah, Han's death. I mean that's a yeah. huge moment for me. Yeah. yeah. Chewie's outcry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was way better. <laughs> Mine sounded like ours. Yeah. Um, okay, so we cut Ray's force vision. Uh, I would say next is probably the the sons. Those, those the twin sons. Yeah, yeah. The first one and the last. First one. and the last. Open and the close for the Luke's Luke's chapter. So it's like it's our introduction and our and our outro to Luke. It's it, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would put... Oh, um, you know what else I really love is the forest duel scene between uh, Finn, Ray, and Kylo. No, that's a great one from Force Awakens. Yeah. Like when the lightsaber that's, starts to jiggle. Yeah, when it's like fizz- the snow and the... and the uh, That's mine! <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like... I'm sure you are! <laughs> and and he tells her, he's like... And they have their lightsabers held up against each other. And he's like, I can show you the ways of the force. You need a teacher! <laughs> yeah, and then she's like... The force... Teacher. And then she like she realizes, yeah. I can use the force, right? And then she just gives him that scar, yeah. You know, just takes absolutely him down. annihilates him, yeah, yeah. Untrained. Um, okay, let's add that in there. Um, Would it be number seven? Yeah, yeah. Number seven. Forest uh, duel. Forest duel. Okay, um, number eight. Um, I would put Yoda lifts a falcon. <sighs> yeah. That's, yeah, I, I would even almost argue for that to be higher up. Higher, yeah, me but too. Actually, um, as long as it's in the top ten, then I would. I don't know. 
Could we switch it for number it four with Duel of the Fates? I, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So it's number four. Yeah, number four, and then Duel of the Fates is number eight. That's, that's what that's called, right? I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, so we just have Force Projection, and then... Han shot first. I, I just think I think projection. the force projection was such a thing that like I think people who even fucking hated the Last Jedi yeah. they shat their pants when they when they realized because yeah. and it was so it's so funny because when you w- watch the scene now the movie gives you every reason to like understand that he's not really there like he's yeah. not making footprints in the in the uh, you know the the salt he's not he's got a broken lightsaber and then when hand. he touches Leia's hand and she gives him that look like. I don't think you're here. Yeah. I can't feel you, you know? Right. And you look back, like, she knew, but she didn't say anything. And that that chemistry between brother and sister. And also, it's like, he's his younger self. It's like, like people walk in like, oh, did he trim? Like, why would he do that? Like, you know. But, I mean, if I had that power, I would go back even younger. I don't know why he chose to go then. Yeah. (laughs) If I had the power to do that, I would would make myself a lot skinnier. prohibitive, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he, I mean. So, I don't. I don't, I, did, I think it's a unique idea and it was executed very well. I didn't like it in the movie, but I do think it's an iconic moment. Yeah. And I think it should be high up. So I think that's number nine. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And then it's Han shot first. Han shot first or pod racing. Oh, oh, oh. But in, in this, so in the spirit of the pod racing, I also love in Attack of the Clones, the uh, Geonosis, uh, um, the first battle of the clone wars oh battle of genesis yeah the, yeah the battle of genesis like it's just like the it's like it was the original like saving private ryan moment mm-hmm. of star wars like it was that just, set was actually a model as well yeah it's so beautiful and um yeah would that i would do that in place of Hancho first that's number Number ten. I would put it. I would put it above pod racing and have that be ten. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There and you know, like when Anakin and Padme kiss for the first time, coming out of the like when they're shackled oh, yeah. and they like they're coming out into like the battle scene. And Obi Wan's got nothing but sass comments. To yeah. Make to <laughs> Took you long yeah, enough. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> okay, so we have ten. We have. All right, so here we go, guys. This is our top ten list of iconic moments in star wars so we have at number 10 the battle of geonosis and then number nine luke force projection in the last jedi number eight obi-wan versus darth maul part one and two from duel of the fates and from rebels number seven ray and kylo Forest duel. Number six, the twin sons. Both the first time we see it, the beginning of the story, and of Luke's story, and the last time we see it, when we see Luke's death. Number five, uh, when Han's death, when cut. Most of these are people, when people die. Do you realize yeah. that? Well, those are cataclysmic moments. Like, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, it's number five when Kylo kills Han, and we see the sun being drained, showing his pull to the dark is at a at a at a close, I guess. And then number four, 
when Yoda lifts the Falcon off Dagobah, the try-not-do scene. Number three is our first introduction to the lightsaber when Luke grabs his father's and Obi-Wan tells him the history of the Jedi and about his father for the first time. Number two is Obi-Wan vs. Anakin, Revenge of the Sith. You want to go ahead and throw in, like, that's also in for, uh, a new hope? Like, that's the same thing? Obi-Wan vs. Anakin? Oh, like, yeah. part one and two? Yeah, same part, with yeah. Darth Maul? So, oh, so, there's so much duality in these movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so that's so, the same. Oh, that was a, so the, um, that's another thought is that when I was talking about uh, Maul versus Obi-Wan at the end, the same stance he takes with uh like obviously it was such a like that they're just like tapping lightsabers <laughs> in that yeah. in that scene like that was before they really like choreographed or had anything cool going on yeah but like you can see like ben kenobi's reserved he's not aggressing he mm-hmm. you know he's he's just he's literally he he knew he knew it's almost the same way as like if, if you imagine han knowing he has to die to yeah in order for you know ben to continue. Yeah, and you know what else I remembered about the Darth Maul's death was he was using the same maneuver he used to kill Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, he tried to he tried to go like that to like bump him up and then like yeah. turn and stab and him. And that's the how Obi-Wan got him because yeah. he remembered that and it goes back to him, you know, just studying and learning yeah. and being patient. He's so powerful. Yeah. 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 It was just a quick slice and he's done. You don't even see it happen. Right. It was beautiful. Yeah, you can't. You, we're not even really sure where the death blow is. Yeah, oh, and that's yeah. why it's a top moment. Um, and then number one, Luke. No, I am no father. Such a great moment. Oh man, that is. And then, like, just the like the the, the crash of the music around that. Yeah, and he's like, no. And little, he's, and little he's whiny like, bitch Hamill. Join me and we can rule the galaxy. And yeah. he's like, Never. This guy's my father. I can either get killed by him or join him. Fuck it. I'm Might just going to kill, kill myself. myself. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And it's so but, fucked up at the same time. Yeah, and that's the character of Luke, though. Yeah. And that Which is. Which is what adds to the dynamic of him being such a broken hopeless man in this new series Mm -hmm. which is you know it's just like it's like oh man like things are so bleak that even luke is like he's like abandoned all ships yeah i think like and people aren't willing to appreciate that in a lot of ways the people who are like adamantly Mm -hmm. against the sequel trilogy are just like luke would never do that this is the guy that like tried to kill himself Mm -hmm. when he found out his dad was the dark lord but that was (laughs) the whole theme of last jedi is failure yeah and you know that not everybody's perfect. Yeah, which, which is the truest thing about you know like obviously in movie spaces like dialogue is unrealistic, action is unreal. It's all not. Yeah. We're operating in a space that can't even possibly be a thing. But it doesn't change like the the there has to be something human to connect with. So if they just made Luke this perfect angel, they might as well have made it a part of the Fast and the Furious series. Right. They might as well have had Vin Diesel come out and go, this is my family. <laughs> and then just like crack a lightsaber on and go, and I will never. This is my family. Yeah, this is my family. Yeah. And it's just like, man, that's just the beautiful thing about like actually introducing a, a human element to it. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, Hell yeah. I went a little bit over today, but you know what? Uh, we had a lot to talk about, and it was fun. And I'll definitely have you back if you want to come back and talk Star Wars. But um, we talk thanks about for coming. Anything. Music next time, maybe? Oh, I do want to have an episode where we just talk about the music of Star Wars. Music, yeah. Hell and yeah. Star Wars alone. This I'm sure that would be a long one, too. But um, yeah, guys, check out uh, Zach's band. It's mm. called Pretty Well. Pretty He's Well. on Spotify and iTunes everywhere. That's yeah, all and, that, yeah. Um, he plays shows, so if you're in the L.A. area. So, yeah, check out his band. It's all He's on Spotify and everything. It's Pretty Well. Um, I'll put links to social media as well. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming, dude. You're my dad. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye, guys. May the Force be with you. Bye, dads. <laughs>